You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Thursday, it is populated by two giant brains, and that is Viv Governor <laughs> from, from Rand Swiss and David Shapiro from Sassarin Securities. Um, Viv, I'm going to start with you on this one because it's a macro story and it's to do with China, and China is experiencing deflation. I mean, it's a CPI down 0.8%, but also there's, there's, there's something interesting going on. PPI and CPI are behaving differently in, in China. But whatever it is, the world doesn't seem to like it very much. Yeah, look, I mean, pretty much saying for the last several years that I'm not avoiding China, basically, because of the long-term demographic and other issues hitting that country, as well as the really almost, uh, you know, uh, reckless management of uh, of uh, that economy. Uh, and I think that th- what we're seeing is a couple of things happening. Yeah, of course, we are seeing, uh, you know, Lower people, lower numbers of people working that has a long term negative impact on terms of things like housing prices, property prices, etc. Also, we're starting to see the effects of, uh, to say, you know, the disinvestment from China. Uh, you know, to say, uh, there are, you know, many moves on the West, especially the US, in order to like, kind of cut out certain like supply chains from China. Uh, one of the things driving things lower apparently has been food prices and you know and the demand in that country i think is is is, is pretty substantially uh you know under pressure i mean they're talking about like i think a 17 percent drop in like pork prices you know fruit down about almost 10 percent vegetables down just over 10 percent uh demand is just you know coming down substantially in that country and that's just a sign of a lack of confidence a lack of uh, you know people quite frankly there's less people this year than there were last year in china and especially a lot less working age people which is obviously impacting things as well it's also youth unemployment viv i'll just stay with you on this one youth unemployment in china is, well, is, is rising substantially and you know youthful people young people tend to spend more than um, people like david shapiro and lindsay williams yeah, but do you know that that number does not exist anymore? But <laughs> youth unemployment in China, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's one of those places where basically uh, the uh, they've stopped talking about it. You know what I mean? Uh, so uh, I, 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 I believe that they uh, they no longer uh, to this, uh, disclose that number. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. it's, so it's it's no longer a number the government's willing to talk about. So yeah, it, it's obviously higher, but we don't know what it is. Lindsay, it also comes from destocking, you know, excess stock levels and that. Yes. A high manufacturer, you've got too much stock, so what do you do? You keep selling prices down. And that uh, it's very, you know, deflation is, is really serious. I mean, it's much more serious than inflation because once you get into a downward cycle or a downward spiral, then it causes all problems. You know, you sell at lower levels, forces your competition to meet you, lower profits. Lower profits means, uh, you know, uh, lower cash or low, and you start to lay off people. So you go into a downward spiral. So, I, you know, inflation is one thing and inflation coming down is another thing. But uh, deflation is, is much more serious because it can lead to recession, depression. You're, you're talking from a financial services point of view. You're talking about um, um, a, a, no, as an investor. I'm talking generally from an economic point of view. 
But why? I you mean, know, why should a, a lower price? I mean, if I if I go out and buy something for for ten euros, yeah. and uh, next yeah. month or okay. a year's time it's nine euros fifty, I think this is fantastic. That means I can take yes. that extra fifty cents and no. go and buy something a little bit more expensive. I remember an ex colleague of yours, David Liston Manches. He won't mind me yeah. um, talking about. It. He said he doesn't understand why lower prices are bad. It's bad for companies because if you've got two, three yeah. percent, you can justify mm -hmm. increasing prices and therefore your revenues up and presumably then your bottom line goes up as well. No, I think there are two different kinds of prices. This is, this is because of excess stock or alternatively, Mark, as, as uh, Viv mentioned, falling demand. So you're forced to bring prices down. Where you buy a motor car or where you buy computers now or cell phones, where there's uh, improvement, as we saw with TV sets and cell phones and that, you know, as they go into greater production, so the prices come down. That's good inflation or good deflation, you know, when prices come down and things that were unaffordable to us or outside our reach now become affordable, travel, things like that. But this is different. This is, this is pointing towards a slowing and falling economy. You know, in other words, the momentum is beginning to get into a downward spiral. And that's why people are worried about deflation. So also, you know, you've got to differentiate. Yeah. Sorry, go, Liver. No, also, I don't think you think of inflation as almost like a whip kind of making you work a bit harder. Because if you don't have inflation, basically what happens is you, 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 you're you less likely to do something with your money. Inflation is 3, 4, 5%. You think to yourself, my money's stuck in the bank doing nothing. I've got to do something with this thing. Yeah. My money's, my, I've got to basically make something happen. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, if it goes too hard, then you're concerned about more protecting the value of your stuff as opposed to making anything. But if there's deflation, money sitting in the bank, money sitting in your mattress is, mm. is getting more and more valuable over time. And that's also a discouraging thing uh, in terms of investments. Yeah. It's also interesting that, um, that the PPI and the CPI in China are coming down in a deflationary, not spiral yet, but certainly a deflationary environment. But retail sales, Viv, are high, still 5 5 to 6% per annum. So people are spending money, but because the prices are cheaper, that uh, that doesn't really affect other economic indicators. Yeah, look, I mean, over time, everywhere in the world, it's, 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 we kind of got so used to it, but it's an unusual thing. And of course, you know, they say nothing exponential can last. It's just impossible. But we've gotten more productive every year. Uh, you know, and if and you can you know get volumes going up quite a bit uh, just because of uh, you know just, uh, productivity and other reasons, and and you will not have any excess revenue coming through as well. Uh, but I do think that you know this is just a a scenario in which long term I, I don't know what the government's going to be able to do because the you look at a government that that did things reasonably well. Look at the Japan, you know. Um, they seem to be competent, they seem to have managed things reasonably well, and whatever. But that economy has basically been flat for the last three decades, uh, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 and now you put on someone like Xi Jinping in, yeah. in there, he's, he's not a, 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 as capable as the Japanese people have been. And, you know, the Chinese are still trying to do stupid things like possibly start wars in Taiwan. Whereas the Japanese are just basically being quiet and being kind of like going into the retirement. Look at Europe. 
if you, if you compare that as well, the Europeans are, are kind of like a few years, you know, behind the Japanese, but they also going through the same kind of thing, declining populations, stagnant economies. Look at what the Eurostox 50 has done over the last decade or so. You know, it's 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 this is just the case that's you know the US is I think younger and it's going to take longer to happen, but this is a a scenario that's happening not just in the places like the US and China, it's happening in places like India, where populations are declining and everyone is going to the same kind of malaise. The Chinese are just getting there, but too quickly. For compared to how rich they are. Um, okay, well, it's an interesting situation. And um, I think from a South African point of view, and most other countries in the world's point of view as well, is that if prices are lower in China, then people who buy goods from China are importing deflation. So it can only yes. be good for, for countries <laughs> like South Africa. I don't know if it, if it works like that. <laughs> David, well, well, Viv's give, it giggling It depends at on me. whether it's dumping. <laughs> no, no, yeah. you know, it also depends on whether they're dumping stuff and then you get anti-dumping type of action against that. You know, they might have excess steel supplies or something and then they just push it onto anybody at these ridiculously low prices which are which uh, are below the cost, you know, of manufacturing most businesses. So you do get that side of it. But I think, you know, we can go on forever on this discussion what it really means. But I think yeah. I think what it is pointing to, Lindsay, is is just concerns about, uh, a stuttering uh, Chinese economy and what that means for for all of us. So uh, you know, yeah. Okay, well, it'll all come out in the wash, I'm, I'm sure. What mm. is also coming out in the wash is the fact that the Chinese influence is being felt in the commodity complex. And whether it's right mm. or wrong, people see a bad number in China, they say, that's it, I'm selling platinum, I'm selling iron or I'm selling steel. But there's been some numbers out of the Anglo stable uh, today which 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 were quite bad. Anglo American platinum mm, share mm. price down around about seven mm. percent today. Yeah. And Dave and Viv, I, I was speaking to David a number of yeah. weeks ago, and I said I was trying to get an interview with a PGM in, investor, asset manager, and I wanted to know what um, rhodium and uh, palladium and platinum were doing. Uh, maybe ten years ago, what who who bought it, and how much did it make up of the PGM basket? And, and compare it to today, and I couldn't get anyone to speak to me. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound good. That if, if people want to tell something which is, which is good news, they would immediately jump at the chance to speak to a broadcaster. But nobody did. And I'm seeing now that it's, the demand has fallen off a cliff. And is it as simple as electric cars, Viv? Is it that simple? Partly, I mean... Partly electric cars, partly as well. We're getting better and better at uh, at recycling. I looked at, at this uh, a few months ago, actually, for an article I was writing, and uh, apparently, like in current, you know, the technology out in the in the wild, you know what I mean, that people are using right now. The average recycling is like about two thirds of the stuff is recycled. But then, if you look at the actual, uh, you know, the, the the state of the art methodologies, and they're pushing it above ninety percent, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 if you think about that from that point of view. In a world in which, like we talked about, you know, populations kind of topping off in many, much parts of the world, the emergence of electric vehicles and obviously all the problems that we have with, you know, internal combustion engines, so, uh, vehicles and so on. Uh, I mean, this is not a great situation for platinum and platinum group metals. No, it's not, mm-hmm. David. It's not an, an area in which you invest, but you're obviously a very, very keen watcher of this because apart from anything but else, it's very, yeah, the, the, the fiscus is, is, is affected yeah. so badly when the platinum miners and other miners are not making the money that they were one or two no. years ago. No. No, well, if you look at Anglo's, the production's down. You know, um, 
Platinum production's down. It doesn't matter whether it's one or two or three percent. It means that less is coming out and less is being sold. And the same thing even with Kumba, you know, the numbers are coming down. They might be compensated by higher prices, but you've got uh, increased costs against that. So um, it's, you know, we've seen mining production. I mean, you just have to look at the mining numbers that come out on a monthly basis. And, the, you know, I don't know what the problem is. South African have always been good miners. You know, we've, that, that's what kept us alive is our ability to pull the stuff out the ground and make profits. But we're just seeing shrinking industries. You know, even, even manufacturing was down again. So, I mean, against this, you know, against all the optimism that, that we talk about in the South African economy or South African stock market about prices being cheap and it's being very uh, appealing or appetizing, you say, but hold on a sec. You know, when you start to undo the fundamentals, they're not giving you any comfort. And that's, you know, so you've got a platinum price now that's below 900. You've got a palladium price that's also fallen below 900. And you've got lower production coming out of the mines, whatever it is. I'm not a mining man, but, you know, <laughs> I know what a miner's sign means. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, how, where, how can you get excited? You can't get excited. And, and Viv, I Viv, Viv I, I need to come back to you on this one because I, I said earlier on, and I need a, a definitive answer from you, is it as simple as the fact that the supply side is fine? when it comes to PGMs, platinum group metals, but the demand side is falling off a cliff because in the future we will all be driving electric cars and we don't need catalytic converters. And the catalytic converters that are being dumped by the people that are buying the um, electric cars, they're, they're recyclable and there's more of the little white metals on the market. I, I mean, simplicity is, is the key to, to most investments, I think. I think it's recycling is important because recycling is also building into supply. If you think about supply, I mean, we should have been benefiting from the fact that the two biggest players besides South Africa that's falling out of a fall of Russia and Zimbabwe are basically out of the system. Yeah. Okay. And yet we basically are, are looking at a situation in which we, we can't be supplying. I just want to pick one thing on the, on the combat thing, by the way, you see what the company said they were cutting uh, supply. It's because they have too much stuff sitting at the yeah. ports. Yeah. Logistics problems. Logistic problems. I mean, the, the transit has been a disaster. They can't get the stuff off the, uh, uh, you know, out there, and they are saying that they have basically uh, massive amounts of of of, uh, of stuff sitting in the port, and it hurts in a couple of ways, right? Uh, not only does it mean that you're delaying stuff, right, in terms of uh, you know exports or whatever, but it means that your working capital is being tied up. Because had you been able to ship it out quickly, you could have the cash come into you quicker, and that would be like obviously an issue. But the fact that the ports are, are hurting us for 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 you know, transit, the ports are hurting us as badly with Kumba. Can you imagine what it's doing to the rest of that economy of our economy at the moment? It must be disastrous. Uh, so yeah, sort of mentioned that around Kumba. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's a shame. You can say that it's uh, you know it's the it's just the iron ore price, David. But it's not just the iron ore price. It's the fact that they can't get the iron ore uh, <laughs> to, to transport it to where they want it to be transported, both internally and internationally. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs when we've got so much under the ground. And if it, if we were efficient, goodness me, this would be a gold mine. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I keep thinking about tonight. We're going to listen to. Well, I'm not. 
No, no, uh, we're going, you know, we're going to listen to Cyril Ramaphosa, who's going to come out and make all kinds of promises and a whole laundry list of promises that have been made every year before, and and yet no one can get on top of uh, Eskom, no one can get on top of Transnet and that. Where you started, which Viv has just highlighted the importance and what this really means for industry, and this is real stuff. This is not, you know, and my big fear, my the biggest fear and is that uh, the same team is going to be in charge for the next five years. You know, they might have, have a reduced majority, but they're going to uh, hobble together some kind of uh, coalition that doesn't take any kind of their power away. And we're going to go through the same thing uh, for another few years, which we cannot afford. We you know, simply can't afford it. And, and for me, it's an absolutely scary prospect. So you know, I just I just wish this nation would just wake up and say, you know, just we need change. You know, these are the things that are going to make your life different. And um, you know, as Viv correctly points out, it's in the result. You don't have to listen to our economic minister. You don't have to listen to these people. Just read the result. You'll know exactly what's happening at ground level. Yes, manufacturing uh, output uh, rises 0.7% year on year in December. It's a positive number, so people yeah. are enthusiastic, but it should be 5%. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's not going to be 5%, not for a long time. A couple of stocks um, I want to talk to you both about because yeah. I talked about yesterday AB InBev. It's very interesting a comment from a teetotaler, <laughs> a man who's never touched a Budweiser in his life. Uh, well, so he says, um, <laughs> Donald J. Trump comes out and says, oh, come on, but buy a buy a few beers. I didn't really mean what I said about the Bud Light adverts that offended so many uh, so, so many hillbillies. But <laughs> up goes the share price, three, four, five percent. And I've got another one today, another sin stock today, Viv. You're not in, in uh, you're not a sinning person. British American tobacco up six and three quarters yeah. percent. Why, yeah. Viv? Why do you see yeah. a tobacco company going up so much? Was it a dividend payment? Was it a set of results? Please tell me. Huh. Uh, yeah, this is the Donald Trump thing. This is actually a, a major uh, issue uh, with regards to that here, because uh, uh, it, it, this is a culture war thing. And apparently, what happened there is that they like sponsored some person that was transsexual and gave them like one out of many many people. They gave them uh, you know a Bud Light bottle with their name on it or something, yes. and that kind of got a whole backlash and caused prices to fall and whatnot. And so they've tried to be to do a couple of things. They try to get the 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 UFC, which is more right wing, to 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 support the, as a sponsor. They've uh, they've gone for I think uh, Shane Gillis is some comedian. And now Donald Trump, <laughs> well, Donald Trump apparently the reason he's doing it is because uh, one uh, of the guys that basically his lobbies for uh Anaza Bush has come out and done a dinner for him for I think it was like like you know how they these dinners are thousand dollars per per ticket, you know what I mean? And and that that's why he's coming out and saying good things here. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that's the thing. On the British American uh tobacco, uh apparently uh you know there's a bit of a windfall coming through here and and it's apparently sales uh from new categories uh, have come up quite nicely, 16%. Uh, you know, 
it's 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 obviously something that's developing, but it's still I think that's possible. And I, I, I heard something about a, a, some kind of major windfall coming through about twelve billion pounds or so, but I don't have a chance to look at it in detail. Okay, David, you, you I don't know. What, yeah, you, you, you look at these. You look at these things. I mean, very <laughs> no. assiduously. British American Tobacco. How can a share that um, a company that size have a share price that goes up this uh, amount uh, when the currency is stable today, relatively stable? The the rand that is. I, Do you I, know any more? Yeah. No, I, you know, you know, for me, British American tobacco is like telcom. They've got their legacy tobacco, which is falling, and then they've got these new categories, which are going up. You know, but at the end of the day, it balances. You know, just kind of balance. They balance each other out, and it goes nowhere. They generate huge amounts of cash. Um, I'm not sure what Viv is talking about. Whether they sold off something oh, or something. You know, the okay. the windfall. Where's the windfall coming from? Come on, Viv. No, I don't. Uh, apparently, the, the, I saw it, so apparently it had a pre-tax loss of seventeen oh, okay. billion, but yeah. but the thought that the loss was going to be twenty-five billion. Okay. So, so. <laughs> I love this company. It's only lost seventeen billion. Fantastic! I'm going to invest in it. Do you know what, Lindsay? <laughs> yeah. I, I I have great difficulty in the local market because um, you know you see British American tobacco. We talk about ABN bet. We talk about Diageo's and this. It's very difficult to get any kind of grip on those global markets. And I read the book, and I think we discussed it at some time ago with yes. you. I read the the book on ARM, on ARM, yes. you know, what an incredible company was. And when they went listed, I, I took a small punt myself. You know, I said, this is a good business. This is really a good business because of their design capabilities and the number, you know, how far ahead of they are of everybody else and how you need them if you want to design a chip. And anyway, I, I, I took a bit of punishment, but they have 40% today. Their results were outstanding. So I'm looking at this. I didn't know. As I'm talking to you now, you know, I, I didn't know this until I, I was sorting out something here, looking for British American tobacco to see the story. And I see ARM. You know, up 44%. No, sorry, I lied. It's up 61.9%. How can that be? 62% gain in one day. No, 69%. No, 62.3, yeah, in one day. Wow. So it's, it's trading now at 123. And in my wisdom, I bought them at 60, you know, and, and took punishment. You know, took punishment initially and took a lot of flack, you know, about about this thing. And I see today up sixty percent. So, uh, excuse me if I get a, if if I shout a little no, bit. No, congratulations! You, you must you must celebrate you your victories. Goals, well done. You know. mm. Well, but but you know what? You know, it's 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 if you read the business, you know, if you saw what they were about and understand their position in the whole design of of uh, semiconductors. Uh, um, it, it was a good business, and uh, even if it came out of some dodgy people like, what's it? Uh, who owned them? Softbank. Uh, Softbank. Sorry, yeah, came out of Softbank and were up and down and all over the place, but very, very strong result. So, Somebody knew about that one. I haven't ever seen this, you know, never. Only on a takeover or something, but not on results. So there you are. But, 
if you look at the right, look at the share price increase of Nvidia. Look at the share price increase of, uh, you know, like AMD uh, over the last like year or so. I mean, these companies. I mean, AMD I think is doubled. Nvidia has gone like two times up in price. And ARM was the outlier here because people were fearful about a number of things about that company. But uh, speaking of uh, uh, SoftBank and Masatoshi San, uh, the guy that runs it here, uh, he's had a, a, quite a few big missteps like WeWork and that kind of stuff. But apparently, the movement in ARM has more than made up for all the losses in WeWork in one day. So he's he, he made an absolute, uh, you know, that's the thing with tech. He, he, you could have a couple of losses, you could make a couple of big mistakes, but you make a couple, one or two, like the right choices, and it makes up for more than everything else. Yes. <laughs> just, it's not often this happens. <laughs> That's a massive, massive move. I'd love to see again the the, the pie chart of how much that impacts their own yeah. uh, their own market capitalization. But um, but just reading what they say, and this is important, you know, is that they beginning. We saw it with Palantir. You know, it's also a company I didn't know that I've been trying to read up on it. I've been following it for a for some time now, but you know, without really getting a grip on what they've done because they haven't had. Uh, you know, the numbers haven't been good. But, I mean, they were knockout numbers yesterday as well. And the same thing now, and what they did say is that the AI demand is so great that they can't keep up. You know, and this is this is ground-level stuff. And the same thing with, uh, with ARM today, if you read their uh, report in the Wall Street Journal, it's the same kind of thing, you know, artificial intelligence uh, uh, driving the recovery in semiconductor. And they said that, uh, they're projecting far better sales. Their sales were knockout sales, but they're saying it on the back of, you know, demand for AI chips. So I think that's why you got the kind of reaction. But you can't, you know, this AI capabilities, I mean, you just can't ignore them. You know, just saying, this is happening real. This is really happening. It really is happening. You know, I was watching for yeah, some extraordinary... And I'm not interested in vapor cigarettes. I'd say, okay, this is a much better subject to talk about. Yes, it is. But on the other <laughs> hand, David, I watched I watched a program today, funnily enough and extraordinarily enough, on German television. And they've got, they've got an AI um, reporter just focusing what's going on because Olaf Schultz, the German Chancellor, uh, was the, he sent out? Well, he didn't actually send out, but I'll come to that. He, it was sent out that uh, Olaf Schultz was saying this, this, and this about immigration, etc. And it turns out to be—I mean, it looked beautiful. It looked a as though it's him. Yeah, a complete, a complete fake. And the uh, and then there was another one where the Green Party, which is getting, which is growing in prominence in Germany, uh, which is Europe's largest um, economy, just in case you didn't know. And, they had pictures of mountains of pizza boxes and, and pizza slices <laughs> thrown all over the floor after the Green Party convention. Complete fake, <laughs> fake, fake, fake all the time. And so, Viv, you're the AI man. You've got to be careful yeah, with this one, Vivian. Oh, look, I mean, <laughs> something. the internet, as we know, it is going to be over in two years' time. Because in two years' time, what's going to happen is that the majority of things that you see on the internet are going to be AI-generated. Uh, if you think about it, right, if you, even like a, a crappy article, if you had to pump out a crappy article, uh, we've all written a bit, it will take you a few hours, you know what I mean? But you could pump out a hundred reasonably good articles with GPT-4 mm-hmm. or GPT-5 when it comes out, probably good articles, in a period of like five or ten minutes, you know what I mean? And in, in that environment, you're going to have the world taken over by fakes. Uh, same thing with images. Uh, yeah, even to take a picture nowadays with a camera or whatever, it takes a lot of time. I can go and generate a hundred images of really good quality from, you know, Dali three uh, in a period of like a few minutes. Uh, there's no, there's no human generator that's going to be able to compete. So in a couple of years' time, majority of stuff on the internet is going to be AI generated, and it's going to be for quality you can't detect as being false or real. 
And so, yeah, look at the internet for any kind of confirmation of this or that. It's going to be meaningless. It's just not going to be a way to, to know what's real and what's not. So you're telling me that anything I see, I must I must verify it somehow. <laughs> there must be verify.com or something that will tell me that that's oh, not left Schultz from Germany. Mm. And that is not, uh, um, what's her name, mm. Ursula von der Leyen. Uh, from the, I, I need to know what's real, Viv. And you seem to be going for the, uh, the uh, it's, 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 your, it's, it's tough, you know what, uh, if you are conned by this particular video. You're still going on that AI path, and I applaud it as long as it's as long as it's medical or furthers uh, the, the, the mankind's longevity. Just a few days ago, right, uh, uh, some guy in Hong Kong uh, basically uh, had a, a thing come in uh, that said, you know, oh, uh, there's a you know transfer this money across here. And so what he did was he thought he was fake. Okay, so he contacted his people on 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 face on FaceTime or whatever it was, no video, right? And asked them about it, and they said, "No, this is real. So just do it." It turned out to be a, a deep fake video. Mm. <laughs> I understand. This is the quality we have right now. So y- your kid can call you up, uh, you know, and say, "Dad, I've had an accident, uh, or I've been in like a trouble across the world, and I've, I need the money right now." And you <laughs> say, "Okay, this is real." You wouldn't know the voice. FaceTime. You put the FaceTime on it, it's your child. Mm-hmm. And you would not know the difference. That's the quality we're talking about right now. This is, understand, this is the stuff that's basically one year into things. Look at what uh, phones look like one year after they were invented or, you know, TVs look like one year after they invented. That's what we're dealing with right now. We are Charlie Chaplin days. We are not Jurassic Park days. And in a couple <laughs> of years time, we will be in Jurassic Park days. And we will not... You've given me a great tip, Viv, actually, because my son uh, this morning flew from Amsterdam to to, to Nice in the south of France. And uh, you never know, he might lose his wallet or something and he's going to phone me up and say, uh, Dad, I need, uh, you know, 150 euros. I'm just going to say, no, I'm sorry. I don't I don't think you're my son. I think you're a fake. So, so Viv, you've given me a great way to save 250. <laughs> Euro dollar is 107.60, which is a euro that has fallen by about a quarter of a percent. British pound against the dollar is 120, uh, 125.95, a 0.2% fall for the British pound. Commodities now, gold, that's dull, 2029, uh, down about $6. Platinum, oh gosh, 8.86. That's a massive yeah. percentage move. I don't even want to say it because it's too depressing for South Africa. Uh, palladium um, is down twenty-three dollars to nine oh three. Was below uh, below the uh, nine hundred level earlier on, as David said. Uh, Brent crude oil prices um, they're pretty quiet in the last. Oh no, wait a second, it's jumped two and a third two and a third percent eighty one oh four currently, and also two and a quarter percent up is the West Texas brand at seventy five dollars. 50 natural gas prices continue to go in the other direction the hedge funds must be having a ball here long crude short natural gas 193.60 the natural gas price uh, copper's down one percent and uh, and so we go on let's have a look now at the uh, s&p 500 futures gosh they went through 5,000 yesterday. The future's 5,013 at the moment, down slightly, but can you believe 5,000? 3,600 uh, about a year ago. The US 10-year, uh, 415. 
And the South African 10-year bond is 9.89%, which is barely changed on yesterday. Bitcoin, meanwhile, people seem to like this, up nearly 4% to 44,600. Let's round it up a little bit. Um, David, any shares that you saw which caught your eye on the JSC today? Well, we spoke about British American tobacco. Yes, we did. Uh, that, that's, that's one of them. Not very many on the upside, I think. Most of the features are, are actually on the downside. So British American tobacco bites up. Um, bites is the was, was spun out of Elkron. It's a, it's a service business, an IT service business. And then just add corp and uh, Discam and so on. But on the downside, yeah. I think that's where the worries are. That's Amplat, Sabania, mm. Gold, you know, Durban Deep, Harmony, all of the miners are under pressure. And I think just looking at the market, it was uh, one up for every three, you know, three down for every one up. And, and widespread losses, particularly in the, in the mining side of it. And the one thing that worries me, Lindsay, and I say it every day, is that volumes are volumes terrible. Mm. Hasn't been above 20 for a long time. No. Uh, no. Viv, you, you, you're an AI man and you're building that wonderful uh, portfolio, uh, which will continue to grow and uh, evolve. But do you ever look at some JSE stocks? And if so, which ones were out there for you today? Uh, of course, we know the, the, the commodity stuff, yeah. One thing to notice, I mean, clicks and discam both are, are on the positive side today, so it's interesting. Uh, to I mean, retailers have done a lot better than I thought over the last little while, and that, that's been a, a surprise theme for me. Yeah, because, uh, I was a bit surprised by just how well retailers have done in the last year or so, considering just how bad the economy has been. Yeah. So that's been uh, a yeah. Uh, I've got uh, British American tobacco, as David said, up six and three quarters percent, bites up 3.1, discam up 2.4 percent, Advertech a 2.2% winner and Richemont 1.8% the luxury goods uh, company which David favours luxury Mm. goods that is not necessarily Richemont Anglo-American Platinum horrible horrible it's gone from about 6.30 up to 9.80 and now back Mm. to 721 something like anyway 6.4% fall Northam's down nearly 5% Sibania Stillwater Ouch, nearly 4% weaker as well. Afrimat down 38 and Goldfields down 3.4%. Uh, David, can you give us the closing said, in? Just, yeah, go yeah, on. Some, no, I'm just saying, you know, if you go into some of the junior miners, I'm looking at Orion down 6%. You mentioned Northern. Eastern Platts, whoever that is, minus 25% and so on. You know, there's a lot of weakness. Copper, 360, 3.7%. So, Big sell-off in the miners, uh, Lindsay. You know, mm. and I mean, these are the junior miners that that don't normally move the needle in in any way. But I think uh, whatever it is, right across the and 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 we've got the mining in Darba down in Cape Town. You know, with everybody talking about mining, it's normally a time where where miners do well. But I will give you the closing indice. I just have to tell yes, you, please. as we're talking, flashing across my screen, yes. Mr. Hold on a sec. Uh, Viv is um, the man from Nova Nordisk, the Jorgensen, who's the CEO, who's reckon is telling, uh, who's saying, you know, what the what's it, Wagovi, massive hmm. demand for Wagovi, and just says that what's weight Wigovi? loss drugs. What's the, the diet pill? What? That's what yeah, yeah, weight loss drugs. He yeah. just says that there's a very good opportunity in that area, and I'm saying with the CEO says it, you know, and I, again, I don't think the Danes are very exuberant, outgoing, gregarious. Population, you know, when they say things like this, I tend to 
Uh, believe it, you know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you, 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 must, you, you must go to a bar in Stockholm or Oslo or whatever one, one evening and you see they are fairly outgoing once they leave the office. Um, but David, don't you, Although, this is one thing, and I'm going off on a tangent as well, and I hope I'm no. not keeping you, either of you, uh, but don't you think that these miracle uh, weight loss pills, at some stage in a couple of years' time, someone's going to say, I've grown two heads or six fingers or something <laughs> no, because of that. No. No, it can happen because these miracle no. drugs that aren't tested not, properly may have side effects. And I'm not being frivolous no. here. They really no, can happen. they well tested. No, these are not overnight. This is not some chemist in the background or some, uh, what do you call it, um, some kind of witch doctor, you know, throwing bones or putting some monkey glands together with you know, musk from a deer or something like that. <laughs> So I think I, I think these you know these are they're not going to release them on the broad public if they're going to get people to grow hair on their boobs or something like that. You know? Well, so they, <laughs> they did with the vaccines. <laughs> I've got very hairy but boobs saying, now. I've had the vaccines. I, I take it serious. You know, I mean, I, I, I listen to mean. these and watch and watch yeah. the stories and that. I think there was another headline where the food manufacturers have gone to Nova Nordisk and starting to worry about what this means for their production, you know, and, and sit down and say, yeah, you know, what should we be doing? Uh, not to complement it, but against, the, you know, what it might do to, to food demand. So it's a big story, yeah? It's a, it's a huge story. And the final uh, thing that I want to ask you today, the final question is, I spoke to somebody yesterday about the commodity cycle and about the, uh, the demise of the PGM sector. And the fellow said to me, it's, it's cyclical. Everybody knows that when uh, the cycle turns, it'll go on for a few years to the upside. And when you hear no good news at all, in fact, a, a, a mass of bad news, and as soon as nobody has any good news stories, it's time to buy the commodity in question. And he was talking about uh, PGMs. Do you think that that could ever change? For example, the demand uh, demand side has fallen off a cliff because of electric cars. Do you think that that theory that he's he's been used to for 20, 30 years is about to change? It's a bit different when it comes to these kind of things. I mean, like, there's certain battles that are more general use, like like gold and silver and stuff, you know what I mean? But when you have such a, I think the biggest source of demand for these battles, PGA battles, is actually uh, catalytic converters, Intel combustion engines. That's a technology. Yes. You take away Intel combustion engines, they're not going to be driven by anything else up again. So I, I don't know if that's the case. One thing you do see, however, uh, historically, is that as the as as the uh, thing becomes less and less attractive to people, the price does go up because nobody invests in making new stuff. So, you, for instance, you look at the price of mercury as more and more people started banning it, the price started rising because nobody was investing in making, you know, new mines, new, you know, sort of ways of manufacturing the stuff. So, as you know, don't be surprised that in like a few years' time, platinum prices are like $10,000 an ounce or something. But it doesn't mean the miners will be making money. It's just that the miners probably be out of business by then. And there'll be almost no platinum being produced. And therefore, uh, that's the reason we see prices rise because the, the, the supply is just collapsing before you know, demand totally collapses. But uh, speaking of one thing that David mentioned about this stuff, I mean, I, I just remember the federal crisis, which was that lot long ago, right? Uh, where they were telling people that this, like, much more powerful form of heroin is not addictive. And, you know, was selling it to people. And people believed their doctors. And even going further back, heroin itself <laughs> is a brand name from Bayer. <laughs> it's a brand drug. The word heroin is a brand name because it really started making you feel heroic. So, 
uh, there's a bit of doubt about how much people actually know about how the human body functions. And I wouldn't be surprised, like David, like David said, that it, or to that in a few years' time, you're going to find people coming up with some, maybe they, it does something to your gut or it makes you go crazy yeah. or something. But there'll be something in a few years. I've actually got an advert from early 1900s advertising heroin. It was a bear. Yeah. It was a bear. I've got an advert that came out of an old newspaper. And uh, the other thing is I've got a, an advert. You're not going to believe this as well. Go on. Uh, which came, I think, in Oregon or somewhere in the west coast of the United States. There was a matzah manufacturer, you know, for matzah that you use for Passover, unleavened bread. We're coming up to that period now. And it was a matzah producer and his symbol his emblem was a swastika, and yeah. that was oh. the swastika came from the Indian. It's it's yeah. an Indian. I mean, from India, not a red Indian. Oh, it's no. an Indian symbol. Nowadays, swastikas are everywhere because I mean, that, it's a, it's an ancient uh, like symbol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's yeah. If you go to like like a certain religious festivals and people paint it outside their houses and that kind of stuff. So yeah, but I always like because I grew up in India. I always knew that like you know it uh, it. It had like the two meanings here, but then sometimes you see people from America seeing it. What's that? And it's like you know, it's it it, it is yeah. the model. But you know, talking about that kind of stuff. I mean, there used to be a time where people thought uh, the radium was a, was a health tonic, and people used to drink radioactive water, radioactive <laughs> improve their health. So yeah, the world is. We live and we learn. Well, you know why Coca-Cola is called Coca-Cola? Because Coca is, oh, yeah. is, is okay. from the, the coca sure. plant. And it's the derivative of, uh, of cocaine. Okay. And then it was yeah. only, I think it was like in the 19, uh, early 1920s, that because yeah. so many people were going berserk on tins of Coca-Cola, probably earlier, actually, <laughs> that they thought, well, what is, the, what is making them go, go bonkers? <laughs> and it was the pure cocaine, that was, which was, was the reason that Coca-Cola was called Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Okay, gentlemen, goodness me, you've exhausted me, both of you, but thanks very much for a superb chat. That was the Five O'Clock Shadow, populated by David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Viv Governor from Rand Swiss, back same time next Thursday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.